Hello and welcome to RM Hub podcast. My name is Agne and today we are hosting Natalie Cheng who is currently working in Reading Partnership as a enterprise coordinator. Hello Natalie. Uh, it's really good to have you here and if you could uh, quickly sort of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the current role that you got quite recently if i'm not mistaken well thank you so much for reaching out and thanks for having me it's fun to be involved um and i love listening to podcasts so i'm always glad to see like um to support different podcasts where i can and um, so to introduce myself i'm Natalie Chung i work in careers education but that's not how i started my career I actually started my career pursuing civil engineering, so studying that at uni and then um, working in the railways and construction sector as a civil engineer when I first started my career. Then I made a very controversial decision to leave the industry and pursue something which I am also really passionate about. So in my job now, I support um, raising aspirations for young people kind of about role models as well so inspiring young people to consider the wealth of different opportunities that are out there and giving them the skills and knowledge and tools to do that and I do this work through working with um, business volunteers so people from a wide range of different fields and also working closely with the career leaders who actually work in schools. Okay, that's actually really interesting. It sort of resonates a little bit with the podcast that we're doing currently as well, sort of helping the students to learn more about different careers. And if I can ask you a little bit about your daily routine with this new position that you have, how would you describe your day? I actually just started a new job. So at the time of recording, I started a new job last month. Um, so it's been really great to sort of work in a different way. And I think something which has been quite strange is meeting um, all new colleagues and clients solely online as I haven't met anyone in person yet. Um, so that's been good actually and I think um, that's credit to my team for being really welcoming uh, to a newbie in a team like me. Um, so our typical work day includes sort of communicating as I said with career leaders so everything that we do is based around um, certain schools that I work with. I'm based um, in London so working with schools in London in, uh, that support students from the ages of 11 to probably 19 with further education colleges. And each of these schools, are they will have someone who is assigned as a careers leader. Sometimes it's more than one person. And I work very closely with them to support them with uh, linking up with different organizations, linking up with employers, and also working with business volunteers who are kindly giving up their time to volunteer as enterprise advisors and support schools on a more strategic level. In terms of you sort of arriving to this point where you can advise a lot about other people sort of starting their career, mostly students, I guess, what was your sort of... Uh development like because you went through quite a lot of sort of different stages what you felt like you were doing in the beginning so what were like the challenges and the sort of realizations that you made while going through those sort of challenges and realizing that maybe something is not necessarily for you such as civil engineering for example mm, yeah well it was definitely a big decision as I said I chose to study civil engineering at university and started my career in that field Um, and ultimately what made the decision for me was that I'm taking time off work to organize outreach events with young people um, as a volunteer and I just thought you know what I could actually be doing this as a job <laughs> um, which is what I, what I did and what I changed to 
And it's interesting because when I first started working, when I first graduated and entered the working world properly, I had a perception of where my career would go. And actually, I was in a really large organisation, large employer where I could see, you know, all the next steps on the career ladder for the next 40 years of my career, all the next steps would be you know, laid out for me and I could see sort of whose shoes I would be in for my entire career. And it was really strange to jump off from that fixed career ladder to one which has been a bit more um, unexpected. So my current job title and my previous job title are not ones that I had heard of until I sort of sought out the role. And it's something that I really like to communicate with young people too and their influences like teachers, parents, etc. Because I think a lot of teenagers have a perception that by the time you're 16, you need to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I don't know where we all all get this perception from, but it's definitely not true. We know as, you know, once we enter the workplace as adults, we know that people's careers um, take different paths and not necessarily um, just, just because of a bad circumstance, but actually because unexpected opportunities open themselves up. So that's definitely a message that I want to get out there. And I'm sure that my future career steps will be just as unexpected. Um, Who knows where I'll be in five years' time. I think it's really interesting that you said that you sort of had this uh, planned out uh, route for yourself, like 40 years. You saw where you could be in a way, but then it changed. And in a way, you chose a path that's a bit more sort of on your own terms, but a bit more sort of insecure in a way. And you, you seem to embrace that insecurity. So... Is it sort of the message you also would like to translate to the younger people to sort of uh, just go where they feel like at that moment and try to develop the skills and see where the networking and where the projects lead? Yeah, definitely. And I don't know where I got this perception from as a young adult of um, needing to follow a very, very strict career path because it wasn't the case that my family had done that. Um, But I think it was just what was expected of me. And I don't think that there's anything wrong if that's if you've chosen that path and that is right for you so for example taking you know certain steps within the same organization and climbing the ladder developing your career in that way but it's also good to consider the other options because I wouldn't want to be you know so so focused on my career aspirations that I'm not open to other opportunities that might come up as you said from networking or unexpected um, ways that your project starts uh, to help you develop different skills I would definitely want to remain sort of open-minded with that. And that's something which um, I hope I can keep with me for the rest of my working life, because who knows, I think industry is changing so quickly as well. Um, So we really can't be too fixed on what we would like to do. Also, I really wanted to explore the topic of being a female student in a more of a scientific degree. And in your TED talk, you mentioned... um, a little bit about your experience at university being mostly among male students. So I thought maybe you could share your experience and maybe our female listeners could also somehow relate or maybe if they want to choose such path, they can benefit from you helping to demystify some of the myths and maybe encourage them a bit more. Sure, definitely. Well, there's lots of environments, both in education and their careers, where a woman might find themselves being in the minority in terms of gender in a room, in a workplace, whatever. And for me, there was a really stark difference at school when I had gone from 
being in students and being in classes where all of the students were female and to suddenly being in classes where all of the students were male based on the subjects that I had chosen and the timetabling. Um, and there was a huge difference, actually, just in the way that um, there, there were different sort of behaviours and expectations. And it shouldn't really be that different. I don't want to sort of lean too hard on stereotypes about gender. I don't think that's the right way to go at all. But there was definitely a stark difference for me. For me. So going from um, being in classes where there were only girls to being in classes where I was the only girl. Um, yeah, I definitely found that was a big difference. And that continued when I was at university um, because it, as with many other sort of STEM disciplines, so science, technology, engineering and maths, civil engineering is one which is improving in terms of gender um, diversity, but is not quite there yet. Um, there are sort of far more um, male students than female students. And that was definitely my experience. Um, I don't think I had sort of particularly poor experiences then because I really expected it. I knew that I was pursuing civil engineering, which many people have a stereotype that it's um, more male oriented. Um, so I kind of had the ex expectations set in the right place and was able to feel fully supported by both like male and female classmates, as well as the, um, the teaching staff. That's great. That's really good to hear. Because I feel like sometimes when you're sort of alone in the room, you can feel either really empowered and f sort of feel quite unique and different, or you can feel somehow maybe insecure. So it's great to know that you adapted really well and you you sort of acted on your best ability. And um, yeah, that's great to hear. Basically, this quote that you mentioned uh, during the talk as well, which was uh, that women, they don't like ability, but sometimes they can like confidence. And uh, if you could just sort of expand on this one a little bit, especially talking about the girls who start uh, different studies that, as you said, sort of stereotypically are a bit more male dominated. If they don't have that outside support from the family or the classroom, do you have some sort of uh, advice for them to gain that confidence and sort of proceed the same way you did? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, gosh. I feel like with that quote, there's always, you know, a little bit more context to put into it. And something I would like to say first is that often we do say these things about, oh, you know, women, we need to, to um, extend our confidence or, you know, get rid of our, overcome our imposter syndrome in order to succeed. But that really puts the onus and the responsibility on individual women who may, as you said, they may have lower confidence or, or they may not. Um, but if they do have lower confidence, often it's a result of their environment and those around them, um, which can, um, yeah, so I definitely don't think all the owners should be on the individual. I think everyone can make an, a, a larger effort to be more inclusive in creating an environment, whether in education or in a workplace where um, underrepresented groups and all people can thrive. Um, but from conversations, I do know that a lot of people male and female all genders do go through sort of times where they may feel less confident and that can increase when you are one of the only blank you know filling that blank with whatever it is one of the only whatever group um within an organization a team um, an office a classroom um I would definitely say for um confidence and imposter syndrome that's something that is 
you'll you'll continue to work on that throughout your life throughout your career it's not something which you can you know work towards overcome and then that's it there's always going to be sort of new challenges with that and I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing we really grow by putting ourselves out of our comfort zones and I hope um, that people won't be put off from sort of certain workplaces because um, they don't feel so confident Um, I definitely hope that women in particular can sort of find support networks and role models that don't have to be they don't have to be female as well but anyone who can support them mentor them sponsor them and also pass that on to other people not just junior staff but you know peers as well who can really benefit from that support because yeah as I said we all have a part to play in making an environment more supportive and inclusive and I think I really love the way you said that it's not really about the gender it's more about this imposter sort of syndrome that can anyone can feel and the way mm. you deal with it is sort of you develop that confidence throughout your life within your career and personal life as well I think it's a it's a great way of seeing it and um, now to sort of jump uh, back on the role that uh, you have now imagine I'm coming to you as a student not a student maybe a person who's about to sort of graduate from the school and I'm still very unsure about my career path, the things you start with to encourage them to take on the right path? Is it doing some sort of like a career test or finding more things about your personality, your skill set? Like what is your sort of toolbox to encourage them to take the first step? Yes, there's a lot of different elements that could be part of it. I would definitely say to start off with to identify a job that you might be interested in it's important to really know yourself so I think that self-awareness is key um particularly around your values and how you like to spend your time so what are the most important things to you in terms of a job is it the salary obviously that's why we have jobs is it um you know where you want to be based is it sort of how you want to be spending your time do you want to be working indoors or outdoors these are just some example prompt questions, but I think it's really important to get an idea of what we really want and make sure that those are our own goals, our own needs, not just other people's expectations, which have been put on us. So sort of beyond that, so firstly, yes, self-awareness. Secondly, I think recognising the skills that we already have. So we develop skills in all different ways, um, not, not just technical skills that might be related to your field of study or your um, discipline, but also sort of transferable skills which are useful in many many different jobs so I think having a good good reflection of what kind of um, skills and attributes and experiences you already have from different parts of your life can let you understand um, your employability and what you can bring to an organization if you are looking for a job Um, but of course I think there's a lot of pressure especially for you know not just teenagers, but also university students when they're about to graduate who think, oh gosh, I need to, I need to find the, the, the job. But actually, um, having graduated a few years ago and from my experience and also from my friends, my peers, is that your first job is not your last job. You'll change, definitely. And especially in this day and age, you're likely to change company many times throughout your career and you may even change your entire career path your entire industry. So don't worry about your your first job needing to be the job, the perfect job that you'll do for the rest of your life. Because, I mean, it's almost zero percent chance that that will actually happen in every job. You'll continue to learn and develop and grow and your preferences, your values and what's important to you from your job is 
very likely to change as well. So there'll be new opportunities that come up that are right for you based on sort of the situation and different times. So don't worry too much about your first job needing to be the, the perfect one. I really like that. It's sort of making a lot of action, but not putting pressure on yourself, no matter what the sort of industry says or your family says or the mm-hmm. you know, university expects from you. I think that's great. And if, uh, let's say, the student is so fascinated by the career that uh, you sort of uh, created and still developing, what would you say were your steps of like achieving the position you are now in, in this new job? Yeah, well, I'm definitely learning a huge amount about um, the field that I'm in now. So there are so many different organizations out there that work within sort of STEM outreach, that work within um, like science enrichment or communication, but then also with careers education or young people outside of an education school environment. And then there's also other elements that I'm learning as part of my job, like um, being a project manager. And these are all um, skills that could be used in different industries. And so I think something which I'm always conscious of is um, how I can develop these skills further and where those skills could be applied in um, other organisations or also in other industries. I think for people who are interested in developing their career, actually not just in my field, but all fields, I think it's really important to network. So put yourself out there, let people know what you're about, what your values are, what your, you know, that buzz term personal brand. But if people start to associate you with a certain level of sort of resilience or a certain um, knowledge pool, then they'll start to come to you for different things. And I think, yeah, networking is really key. And sometimes that can be quite a scary word for people to hear where they just get this idea of shoving business cards in people's faces. But real, real valuable networking is a give and a take. So making sure that you have something to offer as well as, you know, looking for a job or whatever it is that you are looking for. So basically what led you to your career path? kind of networking and realizing what other people do in this field and realizing that it aligns with your values. I didn't hear about my job title until I saw this role and and that was only through conversations with people who were already in this position, this role. And I think it's the case where even if you, you know, there are so many great career resources online and you can Google, you know, different industries, different career paths, um, but it will never give you as much value as what people know from people who are living and breathing it in their day-to-day job every every single day. That makes uh, so much sense. And uh, once you mentioned sort of a university graduates who step into this sort of real world and this mm-hmm. concept of this real world can sort of create this mysterious uh, feeling that, you know, you have to do so much to fit into it without having any sort of guideline and What would you say are sort of the negative uh, myths of this real world of the sort of industry that people, the students might be afraid of and sort of miss out on the chances or even applying or even texting somebody? Um, Well, I'm definitely guilty of saying, you know, after you finish university, then you enter the real world. I'm definitely guilty of saying that. And I think when (laughs) I was a student, that was something that really worried me because when you're at university, we treat it as if your life is on pause then. And you're just there, you're a student, you're getting this qualification. So you are progressing, but your life is on pause. You're not really entering the real world of responsibilities yet. And I don't think that that's true at all. When you're at university, you are progressing. You have a huge amount of responsibility. And many people work alongside um, their studies as well, sort of at any age. So I don't really think um, we should think of it as your life sort of being 
sort of on pause while you're completing your degree and then you enter the real world after that because there's so much that you can gain during your time as a student that counts as valuable really valuable experience for when you do enter the you know quote real working world (laughs) definitely um, a myth about the real working world is that you know full full grown-ups like full adults who are adulting know what they're doing I'm realizing now that that's not the case at all there's so many people who I really admire in their personal lives and their career as well who after speaking to them you realize that they are going along with the flow and um, have the same uncertainties uh, imposter syndrome or concerns that anyone else at an earlier stage may have so yeah I think there is this perception that one day I'll I'll know what I'll know what I'm doing and I'll feel confident with it um but actually no that's not the case because people continue learning throughout their lives so that's something which I've definitely learned um, as I've started working now I don't have this sort of uh, uncertainty and imposter syndrome as well but just because Mm. they probably felt it for a longer period of time they're probably very used to it so it's not like shocking them on daily basis you know there's just something they sort of learn to adapt to in a way would you say when you're at university would you recommend uh, people to do sort of volunteering work or like some internship on the side how how important it is do you think to sort of reach out already to the industry while still being at university yeah I think it's very very important for me the only reason I entered the industry is because as I mentioned before I was volunteering so I volunteered while I was working so I was taking time off work to volunteer but actually volunteering in this field so schools outreach etc started when I was doing my undergraduate studies and that was definitely you know that first stepping stone to me um, pursuing this career in careers education which I'm in now um I, yeah I think it's really crucial because well I suppose this isn't the case for all university courses but for civil engineering definitely um there will be lots of similarities between what civil engineering students at universities across the country have um, have studied because they try to you know keep it consistent and have at least the, the same levels in many ways. Um, so when an employer is looking at your CV, they may be looking at other people who have got the similar degrees, similar modules, similar experience to you, but really what is going to make you stand out? Um, and I think there's lots of opportunities to show that we are proactive that we have um, developed different skills and experience beyond doing the bare minimum. And I do think that volunteering is a really fantastic way to um, not just work on a project that will ultimately have impact within your community, but also to to show that you are um, more proactive than doing yeah just the bare minimum. Um, and that can also come across in doing sort of work experience weeks, internships, um, whatever it is, I would definitely say it's worth getting the experience, even if it's... Um, doesn't have to be you doing the work you could be attending industry specific webinars learning about the field through podcasts through documentaries and um, also reaching out to people for networking so finding people in your network or other university alumni I think it's uh, really valuable to connect with because they have been in your shoes exactly and can share their path from where um, you are now to where they are now. It's a really great idea. The sort of mentoring scheme in a way, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is this sort of uh, notion sometimes, uh, especially with the first job for graduates, is that once you start this job, you kind of have to 
be perfect for everything they require you to do. And I guess it's sort of similar to this myth of the real world that you sort of have to, you know, be better than you are to adapt and to you kind of feel that there is the world is sort of a sort of like a shark world where people are going to be aggressive towards you, sort of uh, competitive and so on, whereas that might not be the case. Quite often people start the first job and then realize that the people are quite flexible, quite friendly, quite inviting, and then they sort of give you the time to grow and sort of integrate into the work sort of uh, environment. Would you say your experience was the same since after you graduated and uh, what is the kind of tendency like what would you encourage students to do in that position who have that mindset that they sort of have to be always perfect for this first job opportunity yeah well I'm sorry to hear that um, university students might have this perception that they need to be perfect I would hope that when you do enter industry that you'll find that your team members, your managers around you, it benefits them if you succeed. Um, but they're, they're also there to support you to do that. If you ask anyone in any job, they'll be able to say, okay, yeah, they learned a lot since they started working, work, learning on the job. And people don't expect you to have learned everything at university. And often what you learn at university doesn't transfer directly into the working world anyway. So I don't think there's a that expectation that you need to sort of do everything um, correctly. But I what I would recommend is definitely to to be honest and inquisitive because if you don't know how to do something don't pretend and then later on when you have to submit that report you don't have it I think it's better to be honest from the beginning which sometimes can be the harder option but it's definitely makes it better for us as a working individuals in the longer term and also be inquisitive so just make sure you, you ask all those questions particularly when you're new you can use that as an excuse to ask all of the questions which other people might not um, feel the place to ask and I've definitely been doing that it's not just in the when you're new to the working world but also when you're new to a job so me being new in my job now I've taken the opportunity to just ask as many questions as I can um, and I hope to continue that even when I've stopped being new so yeah definitely being honest being inquisitive it's much better to be um, transparent about what you feel comfortable or not comfortable doing and then your employer will be able to provide you with the right support um, in order to help you with your work, which ultimately helps the organisation as a whole. Well, that makes sense a lot that you sort of focus not on creating this perfect image of yourself and the work that you contribute, but rather building the trust with the team and then progressing with that. And what about the mistakes maybe that were made in your own development? If you can, if you're happy to share some of the things you might have done differently in, back in the past uh, when it comes to university? Well, there's definitely things that I wish I had started earlier. So something that I've, I've, I like to do now is when I'm speaking with my manager, maybe having a regular an annual review or, or more regular than that, is that I really like to sort of lead the conversation to say, okay, this is what I'm interested in. This is um, what I've enjoyed. This is what I recognise as a success. And then also here's what I recognise as something that I've learned or something I'm currently learning that I would like to progress with. And I think by leading the conversations, not only can I show that I'm proactive and actually really care about my professional development, but also it makes it easier for my manager 
Um, and of course, they're able to sort of contribute um, as part of a two way conversation rather than just my manager saying, here's, you know, this, that and the other, um, go, go away and do it. Um, I'm actually really able to bring that in as well. And that helps me to build a career which is in line with my own values, my wants, needs and desires, um, because I've sort of shared that and my manager knows it. Um, when I started my career, I definitely didn't um, consider that that even was an option. And I wish I had. And it's what I would recommend to, you know, people that I know in my personal life, people who are listening to this, because um, it's definitely an element of having to watch out for yourself because your manager, even though they are there to support you, they are also busy doing other work and they may not know um, sort of what you want unless you tell them. So it's important to communicate that and be yeah, very proactive in your own professional development because you're, you're the, the main person that it's going to affect. So always having sort of a dialogue with your managers and the colleagues mm-hmm. and sort of standing up for yourself in a way. Yeah, yeah definitely. Don't be afraid to share sort of what you are willing to do, what you're interested in learning, and um, they can also support you with your support, but um, with your progress, but only if you ask them for support that you need. Yeah, sort of informing them. Well, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And uh, you seem to be very sort of excited and positive about your career development and the new job that you got. And if you sort of yeah. uh, finish this uh, podcast, I would want to know your recommendations on how to keep this really positive attitude towards uh, the sort of future goals and maybe some challenges that come come our way yeah well I think it's good to be to think positive but I think we can, sometimes we can also take it too far this is probably not the positive answer that you were looking for but I wouldn't you know want someone to feel obliged almost like toxic positivity to be positive all the time because you know life is full of ups and downs and that's for your that's the same for your career as well but in terms of staying positive something I would really recommend that I don't think we do enough is to recognize how far we've come so whether you are in your first job you haven't started working yet or you're near the end of your career in all of those situations you will have had a journey to get to where you are today and sometimes I think that we're so Um, focused on what we're aiming for our aspirations for our career that we don't forget to look back and actually recognize how much we've achieved and I think by recognizing all of the little things they don't have to be massive successes but all of the little things we're able to learn or overcome or achieve um, I think by reflecting on those you can actually you know feel proud of ourselves and that helps with the positivity and also helps you recognize your resilience for any challenges that you may um, face later down the line And so, yeah, I think it's good to look back sometimes, not just always uh, looking towards the next promotion, the next job, the next pay rise and your future career aspirations. Look back as well. I think that's a really beautiful message to sort of get out there rather than always achieving more and more and comparing yourself to others. You sort of just mm-hmm. stand there looking back and being grateful for it and sort of realizing your abilities. I think that's beautiful. So thank you so much for for your beautiful uh, contribution. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be able to chat and to share a little bit. Um, I know that I'm always enjoying listening to other people's career stories, so I'm happy to share mine.